Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Hi guys, welcome back to It's Me Tanks. Hope everyone is having a fantastic week, day, month, year, all of the things. Okay, are we still watching The Last of Us? Um, the show on HBO, the fungus show, which you guys all made me watch. I don't want to say that I was peer pressured into it because I didn't want to be left out, but I was, but I was. You guys were like, this is the best show ever. And then I binged it and now I'm continuing to watch it. And it is good. I'm also, can I just take this time to say I am very easily peer pressured. I don't know if I've ever admitted that before. It's not a good thing to admit, but I am very easily peer pressured. Like it doesn't take much to persuade me to do things. And I always joke that I would, I am ripe for the picking when it comes to uh, joining a cult. Like we always joke when we walk by the Scientology building, um, because Found Oyster, our, one of our favorite restaurants is right there. The girls are always like, don't go too close. You'll go in there. Not not that Scientology is a cult. It's a religion, but you know what I mean. Um, but I would also probably definitely join a cult if they had good merch or, you know, whatever. Um, so all this to say, I started watching um, The Last of Us and I get it very confused with that Colleen Hoover book that everyone read and I haven't read yet called it ends with us. So half the time I'm calling it, it ends with us. And I, I do feel cringed out by myself that I'm now at the age where I just get things mixed up, like basic names of books and movies. So, and TV shows. So that's embarrassing. Here's what I'll say about the show. It is depressing. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily what I need right now in my life. Um, but I'm pressing on. I do find the little girl to be extremely annoying and extremely hard to watch on occasion. Pedro Pascal is 
an amazing actor, absolutely killing it. I love him. I think he's very protective feeling. And if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would like him to come and rescue me. Like he's just a very capable man. And I, I love his acting. So, um, let me know if you're still watching. I feel that it was a little bit unfair that they ranked it the number one show ever on TV after only having seen one episode. And I know that those rankings sort of uh, they kind of recalibrate and, you know, there's some, you know, movement on the list. But I think that my understanding was that because it was a, a video game before and the video game world is so hardcore that, uh, you know, it it was kind of skewed because I don't think it's better than Sopranos and I don't think it's better than Breaking Bad and I don't think it's better than Mad Men. And I know that I have sometimes questionable taste on TV and movies, but I think that those three shows are all pretty universally heralded as unbelievable. So uh, let me know what you think if you're still watching it. What am I reading? I'm trying to give you more. What am I reading? What am I consuming? All of those good things. Um, just because I love getting recommendations and I know you guys do, do too. So at the top of the show, if I'm reading or watching anything new, I'm always going to try and do this. I am currently reading um, Howard Stern Comes Again. If you have been listening for a while, you know that I am, I mean, I'm a big Howard fan and it's part of the reason that I was so obsessed with Sirius and joining the Sirius family. You know, he is a textured person and he has evolved and grown. And I think that that's why I find him so interesting is that he's a person, he's a man nonetheless, that's shown a lot of reflection and growth and changed his interview style a lot. And in his book, he talks about regrets that he had and you know, with the questions that he asked and the way that he phrased them and and sometimes his aggress aggression towards guests. But it's undeniable that he's one of the most prolific uh, hosts and interviewers of our time. So I'm reading this very hefty book um, in order to try and learn from him because, you know, I, I mentioned before that I want to start having more guests on the pod. And again, not celebrities, but just people who I think are interesting. And what better way to learn from actually uh, reading conversations and interviews from one of the people that I admire. So that's what I'm reading. What am I listening to? I'm getting very back. Uh, I'm getting back into we we met at Acme. Like I feel like there's so many great podcasts out there, but you kind of ebb and flow, and like you kind of get in a in a jag with one, and you'll listen to a bunch of episodes. And I just think Lindsay has been doing such a great job recently. She's had a lot of um, interesting people, but talk about someone who you know is a great interviewer. I really think Lindsay is a fantastic interviewer, and she has such a. I think she really strikes the right balance between being asking the questions that are on everyone's mind, but still being a kind and gracious host. And that's something that I really want to work on and emulate. So I've been listening to her a bunch. I listened to her episode with Sophia Franklin and another one that um, I'm forgetting, but you know, I, I think she's great. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. So I have a trip planned to Palm Desert coming up and I booked an Airbnb because I wanted to be with all of my friends. This house we booked has a beautiful pool. So you guys know I will be catching some rays and doing a little bit of tanning. I know a few friends who have houses and when they're away, whether it's on a trip or they're traveling for work, they just Airbnb their houses. So they're like actively making money while they're away, which is kind of the dream, right? Like passively making extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with brand new releases and next listen recommendations. There's a story for every listener from classic favorites to exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors. Okay, so you guys, I listened to The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis on Audible and it was so scary. Okay, I was freaking out. I would be in my car listening to it and I literally sometimes would have to pull over because I was so engrossed in the story. It's set in Los Angeles. It is a mystery mystery thriller who done it and it is so scary and it's so emotive and I literally was addicted to it I couldn't do anything else for like 2 weeks while I was listening to it audible members can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog new audible members can try audible now for free for 30 days visit audible.com/tinks or text tinks to 500 500 that's audible.com/tinks or text tinks to 500 500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle, follow your crave. Today, I want to talk about why you shouldn't fake an orgasm. And this is such a hot topic. And even though I feel like we've made a lot of strides in uh, sexual acceptance and sex positivity since, say, Sex in the City when it aired, you know, 20 years ago and they were talking about faking or- orgasms, I do think that it's still a massive problem for women. And there are so many reasons why that I'm going to dig into it. But I just want to start by saying this fact that only 11.2% of women report having had an orgasm in their last hookup and 88.1% of men achieved orgasm in their last hookup. That's an insane disparity, right? That's actually insane. 11% to what did I just say? 88%. That's, that's crazy. So there is orgasm inequality. There is a massive orgasm inequality. And what you can do as a step one is to not fake orgasms. So I wrote a list of all the reasons that I can think of that women fake it so often. Um, and by the way, I'm not placing blame. Okay. I'm not saying you're bad. I'm not saying, you know, you're weak or anything like that. You are listening to a girl who faked orgasms for the first five years that she had sex and like five years for the first, I want to say through college and then, uh, into my freshman year of real life, I faked orgasms like exclusively. Like I literally had not come from sex and I just faked it every single fucking time. Then I had my first 
uh, orgasm from sex right after I graduated college, maybe like the year after with my boyfriend who was very thoughtful and like really worked it out. But even then after that, throughout my twenties, I would say that if I was having, you know, dating someone more casually, I would fake orgasms all the time. It wasn't really until like age 28, 29, you know, and now into my thirties that I'm like, oh no, like I, if I RSVP to the party, I'm coming. You know what I mean? So absolutely no shame. I just wish that someone had explained it more in like practical terms and kind of broken it down for me earlier so that I had felt more empowered to communicate how I feel. And by the way, when you do that, when you can actually orgasm and like represent yourself and what you like and don't like in the bed in the bedroom, you will only be more attractive and more sexy to your partner. And I think that that's such a key unlock because I think a lot of young women think, oh my God, like if I tell him that he's actually like licking my left labia and not my clit, like the guy will leave. And like, yeah, there are the 5% of douchebags who would leave and would get really offended and butthurt. But like most of the time it's work, work outable, if you know what I mean. So back to my list. So why does so many women fake it? Number one, porn expectations. This was the first reason that popped into my head because I think that the amount of influence that porn has on our sex lives is really scary. And it, I don't think porn is bad, but I think that watching a lot of porn when you're younger, like especially men, can really skew your perception of what sex is and what it should look like. And I know for me, that was like a big thing. I don't know why I was watching so much porn when I was like, you know, in teens and in college or whatever. But I thought that an orgasm for a woman took I don't know, 90 seconds to get there. I thought that it, you know, you could come in any single position, any literally any position um, and that it should be really easy. And that when you come, you scream in a sexy, but very loud way, like which sounds like a chicken being murdered and you're bouncing around and your hair is perfect and your face is like a cute little O face and you never have to ask for anything. You just like are getting pounded from behind and like somehow you have an orgasm. And actually one um, show that I really liked that demonstrated this so well was Tell Me Lies. I don't know if you guys watch that show or if you remember it, but I thought that there there was a scene when she's like they're having sex in doggy style. I can't remember which character it is. And it's he's like literally just pounding her from behind, like no clitoral stimulation, like n- nothing is good about it. And he's like, did you come? And she's like, yeah, oh my God, amazing or whatever. And I was like, honestly, that I really credit the, sh- the you know, the director for showing how so much of college sex is because it's just it's influence from porn and the guys have been watching porn and they think, oh, the only thing I need to do to make a girl come is literally stick my dick in her. Uh, and that's it. And the girls think, well, fuck, there's something wrong with me if I can't come from doggy style. No one can come from doggy style. Okay. If you don't have a vibrator on your clit or you don't have, you know, you're stimulating yourself or he's stimulating you. Like, I'm sorry, if you can come from just vaginal penetration and doggy, like you are the second coming because that's insane. So let me just say that there. Okay. The second reason I came up with is being worried that they're taking too long. Uh, and by the way, I think every every point on this list contributed to why I faked orgasms for so long. So being worried that you're taking too long. Okay. Sometimes it takes me literally 25 minutes to come. 
Like I'm not kidding. And now I'm at a place where I don't care. And it's like, if that's how long it takes, then, you know, that's, that's what it is. But the fact that I used to pretend to come after a minute and a half or like a minute or just like when my boyfriend was done is so comical to me. Women do sometimes take a longer time to orgasm. Like it is so much more complex. Okay. Men, you know, most of the time they come too quickly. So that's not really an issue for them. Uh, but I think a lot of women are really afraid, like, oh my God, he's getting bored. Oh my God. Like he doesn't want to keep having sex with me. Like, oh my God, this is, he's like, you know, this is taking too long. I'm stressed out. Um, and I totally understand that. And you know, another thing is like, it really varies when it's who you're having sex with. Like recently we talked about casual sex a lot, but there's such a huge variation. Like even some, when I was in a relationship in college for like three years, I would worry that I was like taking too long, which is so silly. Okay. Number three, um, not being able to get there. Like a lot of you guys write to me and say, I've never had an orgasm. Is there something wrong with me? No, there is nothing wrong with you. Truly. It is so much more complex to have an orgasm as a woman and we're not taught in schools. There's very few resources for like female pleasure. I know now there's like more companies that are geared towards, um, you know, porn for women and, and like pleasure for women. And that's amazing, but it's not readily available. And also there's so much shame around sex education for women and like wanting to have an orgasm and like learning about your body. So some women fake it because they're like, I've never had an orgasm. So how the fuck would I know how to get there? Totally understand. We're going to talk about some practical tips at the end, but that was, that's a big reason. And before I'd had an orgasm, like from a guy, I, that was a big reason for me. Cause I was like, well, this feels kind of good. Maybe this is what an orgasm is, you know, whatever. Um, men finish first. That's the next point on my list. If you're having sex with a guy and he comes first, it can be very difficult to stand up for your orgasm and try to come after that because he's kind of like tired. He's like, you know, rolling over, like going to the bathroom, like he doesn't want to, you know, do anything else. Um, And the truth is like, I'm not saying this in a rude way. I'm really, really not because I'm trying to be better about being very neutral with my language towards men post that Scott Galloway episode. But like most guys do come quite quickly unless they're like, you know, having an issue or whatever. So, um, so, you know, you're kind of, for me, I felt like a lot of the time when I was having sex in college, I was like, oh, well he came. So I guess I'm shit out of locker. Like, okay, well that's me done then. I, I'll just fake it now. Cause he did too. And I also thought wrongly that like from watching TV and porn, I kind of thought that like you orgasm together all the time, which like, LOL, that's so rare. But in my head, that was what was the desirable thing. So if I felt like my boyfriend was coming, I would just be like, oh, like me too, or whatever. But it's like, that's not how it works. Um, And then my last reason is it's very hard. That's why you might be faking it is because it's very, very difficult for women to orgasm. It is so much more mental and women are designed to it. Like our brains are more complex with the idea of the orgasm. Like a guy 
is, you know, he is going to get there. It's could be bad. It could be good. He will probably cross the finish line. I mean, the, the statistic is there 88% versus 11%. Like the proof is in the pudding. So those are my reasons why so many women fake it. Um, I think umbrella terms is like anxiety, embarrassment, and just lack of knowledge of how our bodies work and a lack of appreciation for how our bodies work. It's so funny that the whole discussion around orgasms are like, is like, oh, women are so, it's so difficult for them to come and they need all the, you know, climate to be right and everything needs to be just perfect. And, and, and it's like, yeah, that's why it's more important and more beautiful. And that's why it's more elusive. Allow me to go on a tangent here. So often I get asked, why do you think that so many women who are cis hat women uh, watch lesbian porn? Here is my hypothesis. I think that so many cis hat women enjoy lesbian porn because the orgasm is more elusive and it's more about like the journey, the journey and it's more gentle and it just feels less stressful. When you put a dick in the equation of porn I'm talking about now, it's like the, the coming is very binary. It's like either he comes or he doesn't. And like, you know, when it happens and it's kind of feels like the show is over when that happens. And I think it's just very relaxing for women who are, you know, know how difficult it is to orgasm and know how like troublesome it can be to figure it out with a new partner to watch two women, you know, bring pleasure on each other because they're like, you're like, oh, well, they get it. They both understand. So that's my hypothesis why so many women, I mean, for me, I also like lesbian porn. Um, I think that that's why it's just more desirable and more relaxing to watch. Okay. Next, I want to talk about why I think it's harmful to fake an orgasm, why I wish that I had stopped earlier and why I don't want you guys to do it ever. So number one, it sets a really bad precedent for you and your partner. Um, if you are just having a safe and happy one night stand with someone and you're like, well, whatever, I'm not going to see them again. It doesn't matter. It does matter because even if you just do it once, that seed is planted in your brain that it's okay. And that like, you just, you, you can always do that. And it's just like, well, it's just this one time, but that in your mind. It's it's like subconsciously telling your brain, my orgasm is less important than his orgasm. And that's bad because all of a sudden one time becomes two times. And then all of a sudden you're dating someone and you're like, well, I faked it with that one night stand. So I might as well just do it now one time. Cause I'm like, you know, he can't get there and like, you know, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden this is a thing that you can do. And you might think to, you might be thinking right now, well, Tink's like faking it is a lever that I can pull whenever I want, you know, if I just want the sex to end and I'm just, you know, whatever. Sure. Of course. Yes. If you're just like truly don't give a fuck and you feel confident that you're like having lots of orgasms normally. And this is just like, this guy is really shitty in bed and you want it to be over and you just can't be bothered to like talk to him about it. Go ahead. But I just really want to say this to my younger listeners or to my listeners who do have, pro you know, trouble orgasming regularly. It sets a precedent in your head. So just be wary. Let's talk about it setting a precedent for your partner. So, okay, we're putting the one night stands in a box over here. But if you are starting to date someone 
and, and you fake an orgasm early on, then they have no idea that they didn't get you there. They have no idea. And already men are a little bit slow on the, on the uptake about, um, you know, picking up cues and like seeing what you like. And I think I'm going to make a generalization here, but on the whole, women feel more shy to say like what they like and whatever. Um, so if you don't tell your partner, your sex partner, then they have literally no idea. And then all of a sudden you're like six weeks into dating them and they think one thing gets you off. And then it's an even harder discussion to say, actually, like, you don't know where my clit is or like, actually, I can't come from doggy because I'm not an alien superstar. Um, so don't set the negative precedent for you or your partner. Okay. Number two, I think it makes you more in your head because it takes you out of the moment and you're all of a sudden thinking, when should I do it? Should I fake it now? How should I f- sound when I fake it? Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to fake it now. Or like, oh my God, um, like I can't get there. I can't get there. I can't get there. And like the more you fake your orgasms, the more in your head you'll be right. Essentially I'm arguing, don't even make it an option for your brain because then it takes out an element of decision in your brain right? So if you never do it, if it's just not a thing you do, then your brain isn't thinking from step from the minute you start having sex, like, Ooh, is this going to be a time I fake it or not? Well, let's see how he does. Well, maybe I'm going to come. Well, maybe I'm not actually, no, I, I don't think I am. Okay. Should you fake it now? Yeah. 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 Fake it now. Do it loudly. Okay. Okay. Do it, do it. You know, like then you are completely out of your body and in your head. And I think for women, a main problem already is being in their bodies when they're having sex. So this just adds another dynamic that you really don't need to be thinking about. It's really not an issue if you don't come. And it's and it's certainly not your uh, job to make him feel better and to make the situation, quote, easier. So that's why I wouldn't do it also is to stay out of your head. Number three, you're only hurting yourself. Truly, any which way you look at it, you're only hurting yourself. Again, you might be saying at this point, well, Tinks, sometimes I just, you know, I'm really tired and my boyfriend wants to have sex and I kind of want to have sex and I just want it to be over. So uh, I just fake it. And to that, I say, you know what? It's your body. Of course, if that sounds easier to you than just having a conversation about not having an orgasm, then go for it. I just, I just, it doesn't totally sit right with me. Like, yes, there's, there's, you know, um, exceptions to the rule always, but on the whole, I really only think that it only hurts you. Okay. Next, you think it's just once, but it forms a pattern. It, it, literally forms a pattern. And it's so crazy easy to start forming the pattern, especially if you're dating someone new. And for me, a lot of the time it was like, okay, I'm seeing a new guy. I really like him. Like I reverse box theoried him. I'm like, want him to be my boyfriend. And then the first time you have sex, it's like obviously bad. And you're like, what the fuck? This is so brutal. And then you're like, well, I better just fake this orgasm because I think that actually faking orgasms is is like connected to reverse box theory because you think again that it's going to make them like you more if you like have some crazy orgasm and like if they feel that it's easy to make you orgasm. Mm. And finally, it reinforces that your orgasm is less important than the guys to you in your head, right? That's what happens when you do it because in your head, you're saying, well, he came 
but like, it's not that important for me. And I'm not going to get there. I don't think he can get there. Um, so I'm going to lie about it to save him. Right. Because when you're not going to get there and you, and you fake an orgasm, you are truly only sheltering his feelings and emotions. And so you're saying to yourself and to him, you know, I mean, you're not saying it to him because you're lying to him that you had an orgasm, but like you're saying to yourself, like his feelings are more important than my orgasm, which is actually crazy. If you break it down and you actually think about that, like, that's what you're saying. His feelings are way more important than my orgasm, which is just not true. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about some practical tips about what you can do, because I know that you know, if you are a frequent, uh, fake orgasmer, you might think I just feel so awkward. Um, you know, doing that, I really don't, I really don't want to say that I, you know, that I, uh, didn't get there. So here are some practical tips. Okay. Number one, talk about what you like beforehand. And this can be amazing foreplay. And it doesn't matter if you are dating them or if you're just, you know, sexting with the person you're seeing or whatever, or you're literally about to have sex with them. You know, you go on some great dates with a guy and you're finally ready to have sex with him and you're at your apartment and you're like, yes, I'm like so horny for him. I'm going to do it. Like talk about it right before be like, okay, I really like when you like soft kiss my neck and like. I really like to do this position and that it, it has so many benefits. Number one, he already has a clue as to what you like. Number two, it sets the tone that you're going to have an honest sexual experience. It sets the tone that you are a person who knows your body, cares about sex, wants to have a really great experience and you want to talk about it. And like, I swear to you guys, I wish I had known this earlier, which is why I'm trying to drill it into your heads. It is hot. Okay. It is so hot to do this. It's literally the biggest turn on when you're like, this is what I like. And I don't like that tells the guy like, whoa, she's like into this. This is, she's like ready to go. She knows herself. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So talk about it beforehand in any way, shape or form. Okay. Next communicate during. I used to think that sex was like a performance. I used to think that there was like an imaginary camera and I was auditioning for you porn on my boyfriend's college bed in college with how, how I acted. I truly cringe so hard when I think about it. You guys, I acted like a damn fool. I literally thought that you were supposed to not speak during sex, like only moan in the most ridiculous way, actually just it's stupid. I'm, I'm just, I'm closing my eyes right now because I'm so cringed out by myself. I never once said like, Oh, I actually hate this position or, Oh wait, that doesn't feel good. Or like, Oh, can we change? Cause this hurts or whatever. Literally nothing. Just screaming and squealing, acting like I was doing an audition for a porn movie. Um, and that's very offensive to sex workers because they are talented. And what I was doing was actually, you know, just acting a damn fool. So communicate during, Talking during sex is such a turn on to me. I think that you can totally make it part of the sex and it doesn't have to be super instructional or super like, I don't like that or like do this or that. Just you can say it in a sexy way. You can be like, wow, that feels amazing. Or wait, can we go back to that thing you were doing before? Like that felt so good. Or like, it really turns me on when you're doing this or that. And again, they will think it's so 
hot. You don't need to be authoritative. You don't need to, you know, be sound bossy. You sound however you want. But I'm just saying my big fear was that I would sound like demanding or something like that, which just shows the internalized misogyny that seeps into all of our brains. But it's like, it's so hot. So whatever feels natural to you, maybe it does. Maybe you are a little bit bossy in the bedroom and it does feel good to boss them around and be like, wait, do that again or whatever. Maybe it's like a sexy moment. Maybe it's, you know, you're kind of like, doe-eyed being like oh my god like that felt so good can you do it again whatever just communicate because otherwise they're not going to know and it's kind of like when someone has something in their teeth it's like the sooner you say it the easier it is like if you let them have spinach in their teeth for 20 minutes it's fucking brutal to be like bro you have something in your teeth but if you say it right away be like oh actually can we do this instead like switch it up otherwise like he's going down on you in this like weird way that you don't like for 25 minutes and then you're like actually I'm not into that. Um, so say it, say it, say what you like, say what you don't like. And like, obviously this can be in the positive too. So if he's doing something that really makes you feel good, be like, that's amazing. Like keep doing that more. Okay. If you really don't think you're going to get there, just say that it's okay. It is okay. I am telling you, I'm giving you permission. Say it in a cute way relax. It's not going to damage. Like per box theory, this is another great time to remember box theory. No guy is not going to date you because you said, oh, you know what? This is feeling so good. I don't think I'm going to get there tonight, but that's okay. I had such an amazing time anyway, or whatever. You don't need to be so like gratuitous if you don't want to be, but that's what I usually say is being like, oh, that felt so good. Like I'm not going to get there tonight, but that felt really good or whatever, you know, sandwich the sandwich, the hard news between two compliments or whatever. But it's like, it's not that big a deal to just be like, you know, I'm not going to get there. And like, now, do I like the guy to usually say, no, 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 like, let's try again or like, tell me what you want? Yes. But sometimes you really can't. Like, I've had times when I'm with like a boyfriend and I, they know how to make me come and like the sex is usually great, but I am so fucking anxious. Like, this happens not regularly, but you know, Mr. Anxiety comes and goes. Sometimes Mr. Anxiety is literally in the bed with me and he makes me not be able to come. <laughs> so sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's not going to happen tonight, whatever. But it happens to everyone and it's truly, truly not a big deal. Um, and then my last tip is practice by yourself. It's not shameful. It's not bad to know how your body works. Please don't be frustrated with yourself if you haven't had an orgasm yet. Please don't be frustrated yet. Like if you haven't had an orgasm with someone and please don't be frustrated with yourself if you hadn't had have an orgasm full stop. It's going to take... Um, you know, trying different things and feeling comfortable and feeling relaxed. And the last thing that makes you feel relaxed is, um, you know, stressing yourself out and being like, oh, why can't I come? Like, I don't know how to do it. Like, this is so frustrating. So just truly be patient with yourself and know that it's like a beautiful journey and the right partners will really be a part of that journey. I know that's for me, like my first boyfriend out of college, literally he didn't tell me he was doing this but he kind of like worked out what would make me come from sex and it happened I've told this story a million times so sorry if you've heard it before but like on a Saturday morning in my house in San Francisco and I and I came from sex and I cried I was like oh my god I can't believe it and he was like yeah I just like figured like this would make it happen and I ran out to my roommates way too close to my roommates <laughs> ran out and I was like you guys I came from sex oh my god and I just was so touched that he like figured out how to how to do that for me so I hope that's been helpful 
If you have more questions about orgasms, write to me, DM me, uh, call into the show. We'll have a chat about it. There's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. I am all about orgasm equality. And I hope this episode empowered you guys to get yours because you should. Uh, okay. I will see you next time. I love you all so much. Bye. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.